0: Welcome to the Eclectic Readers Book Club on Sunrise Robot, where we'll travel anywhere for a good story. I'm Jeanette. I'm Susan. And I'm Tara. So how is everybody doing this week or month? Oh my god! <laughs> 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 month,
1: week. Um,
0: I, didn't sleep. I didn't sleep a lot last night, guys. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be real.
1: <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I haven't slept in weeks. Forget days. Weeks. I don't even know what city i'm in <laughs> i mean last week i was in london and tampa and atlanta and i'm apartment searching atlanta and honestly i'm still not even off my high from seeing harry potter and the cursed child so i'm just i'm just i don't, You're in a place. I don't even know i am i'm in a place <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to put it <laughs>
2: oh. What about you, Susan? <laughs> I'm the opposite of you.
1: <laughs> well, that sounds lovely.
2: <laughs> it really is. We had um, the past couple of weeks, we had a bunch of visitors. So it's been kind of hectic, especially because um, uh, we had people actually stay in our house um, last week for the weekend. So we got to decompress and relax. We had no plans this weekend. I actually got an hour of uninterrupted reading yesterday. It was lovely because I was sitting out on my porch, you know, having a snack and just reading. It was great.
1: <laughs> oh, introverts that and your need for time. Awesome. I know. <laughs> it, was lovely. it was good, though. That sounds amazing. It really does. Yeah,
2: it, it was good. I haven't done that in a long time, so I was glad it happened.
0: How are you doing, Jeanette? Oh, well, I'm somewhere in between both of where you are <laughs> or where both of you are, um, in terms of the fact that i have been on summer vacation for 2 weeks
2: which Ooh. has been super
0: nice i've been Teacher doing a lot of right right so i've been do, doing a lot of work around the house like doing little projects and stuff i found out yesterday that i am apparently nesting which you know makes sense um i and i got to buy my very first impulse purchase for the baby's room yesterday
1: which Ooh, what was it it is
0: a painting of Belle?
2: Aww. Um
0: it's really really cute. It's like a canvas illustration thing. It's so cute. And we saw one of Snow White, and Daniel's like, hey, maybe we should get one of these for the baby's room. And I'm like, but Snow White's so screamy. And he's like, I bet they have Belle. (laughs) Pulled off the first canvas, and the second one was Belle. Awesome. And I was like – Nice. And he's like, we're buying this. And I was like, yes, yes, we are. Like he had a choice in the matter. I mean, honestly. (laughs) So the ultimate Disney bookworm will be up on my baby's wall. Um, But then – I came home last night and didn't like sleep at all for whatever reason. So I'm somewhere between not knowing where I am and being really <laughs> relaxed about it. So So you're just wandering to a place. <laughs> so, so
1: so you're a lot like me, just minus all the anxiety. Is that, yeah. that essentially <laughs> yeah. what you're saying? Pretty much. Like I know that
0: at some point I will catch up on the rest. <laughs> but I don't know that it's gonna be today. <laughs> awesome
2: funny (laughs) oh my goodness so it sounds like we're all busy um what are we reading in between all that busyness guys Tara,
1: oh my god guys i've been reading these two books for the last two weeks i've made like no progress on it (laughs) but but i really like them um i'm reading fathom by sherry priest which is for the book bingo um place a book that takes place where you live it's a uh Fiction book about Tampa and um, St. Pete and Bock Tower, and it's all about Bock Tower having been um, built to house a sorcerer or a witch or something, and like Gasparilla is real. Like I, people who don't know about Tampa, Gasparilla is like our fake Mardi Gras that celebrates the um, invasion of a pirate named Gasper into Tampa Bay, a fake pirate named Gasper into. <laughs> Tampa Bay it's just all
2: pretend
1: (laughs) it is it's all pretend except in this book it's actually real and the pretend part is a spell so it's fairly interesting and I'm really liking it but I'm barely in it um you're gonna gonna have to finish that before you
0: fully move to Atlanta or it won't count anymore
1: yeah. oh shut your mouth i <laughs> started it there um, no
0: pressure now
1: <laughs> and then i'm also reading for my nonfiction category the first 90 days by michael d watkins which is a book about start your first 90 days in a new job which i'm currently in so uh they're both very very good though um what about you Jeanette?
0: Well, I am finally, finally, after something like two months, I'm finally in the home stretch of American Gods by Neil Gaiman.
1: Congratulations. Um, so
0: excited. Oh, it's not that I haven't been enjoying it. It's just been moving really slow. So I'm, like, alternating between, like, this is really, really interesting, because, you know, he mixes in all this mythology and all these different gods and these different legends from different places. Um, and he mixes that into... Like the story of what's happening in the present day. So it's great. I'm like, this is so interesting. It's right up my alley. And there's other times where I'm like, why? Why have I only like read 10 pages? I don't understand. Why am I not getting anywhere? (laughs) And I think it's probably because I started it while I was in my reading slump. So it Uh, feels like it's longer than it is. Um, But yeah, I have less than 150 pages to go. And I've been reading something like 75 to 100 pages like every day this week. So...
1: I'm, I'm well, there you go. Done. You'll be done today. <laughs> in that case,
0: could be, could be. They don't fall asleep first. <laughs> <laughs>
2: or you're not what? nesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More cleaning.
0: <laughs> you can
1: nest with a book. Just you know, literally nest. Grab yeah. a bunch of blankets and pillows, and curl up and be like, that "I found
0: amazing." That's <laughs> been uh, describing a lot of what I've done this week, actually, because most of my little projects at the house are done. So it's like, okay. Finish this little project. Now read. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Susan? What are you reading?
2: Um, I was finishing up some books that were just kind of dangling out there. So I finished them up. Um, I am reading right now Farewell to the East End by Jennifer Worth. Um, I know I talked about Call the Midwife a few months ago when we did our last book bingo. Oh, right. Mm. Um, This is the final book in the trilogy of her memoirs. So it's um it's really interesting. It this but the last bit that I just read was like really, really graphic. <laughs> like, oh. oh my oh my goodness. <laughs> this is horrible. I'm I'm glad I had my baby in a hospital.
0: <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Stuff happened,
0: and maybe we should leave it at that. (laughs) Since Tara's terrified of babies,
1: thank you. Not terrified of not terrified of babies. Babies are great. It's the thank you, Susan. It's the process of babies. I think if I could just pop and there's a baby, that's fuck. That's fine. (laughs) Good.
2: But so you want the stork to bring you a baby.
1: Yes. Oh my god. See, I was lied to as a child. I think this is where this all stems from.
0: <laughs> all this material for our next podcast where we psychoanalyze each other. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of book bingo
2: or book bingo. Um, the readathon! Uh, this readathon we just finished, yay! Yay! Although I didn't get to really participate,
1: I did. I did. It was great. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't participate last time, so I was really excited.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, I was still keeping track and like seeing what everybody was saying and things like that. Um, so there were six participants this time around, which is great. Um, and you know, with the point system that we had, with the little game um, that was going on. It looks like the top scores were Tara with twenty three points. I just Ooh. saw that
1: you guys. Like literally I was looking at our notes as you were talking, I'm like, I scored the most points. <laughs> That's amazing.
2: Well sometimes it's hard to keep track of the points because like you'll get multiple points for one book.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I didn't so, I didn't follow up at the end either and do like a whole list of points, so I was not. Right. One hundred percent sure what I did or didn't do. So ah, it's very yeah. cool. <laughs> very
2: cool. Yeah, and Megan ended up with twenty two points, and Meredith had sixteen points. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Just, I love I love doing the game, with the weird weirdathon. It just makes it more fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, well, it's, and it's a lot of fun to see how like people like get different challenges and stuff like that. Because I, for sure, didn't think that my book was going to get me any um, points. And I tossed in categories. For example, we talked a little bit a couple months ago about how YA characters never have any parents.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I
0: tossed in a category about a book that has a protagonist with two parents. And I then opened up for the first time during the readathon, I opened up my book and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, this book has two parents. I mean, the character had no parents by the end of the book, because that's YA, <laughs> but <laughs> for a while there, the character had two parents. There they were. <laughs> yeah, so they, it's they funny, you don't, so. yeah, you don't know where you're going to get your points, though, so it was a lot of fun. Nice.
2: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, and yeah. the
2: page counter award goes to Jeanette, because you're the only person Ooh. counting
0: pages. <laughs> I- Oh, I put that up and nobody <laughs> counted. I was like, I want to know, guys. I don't ask these questions for fun. Well, I do, but that's because it's fun for me to know these things. Yep. And you read Such 337 <laughs> pages.
2: That's a lot of pages.
0: <laughs> that is yes. a lot of pages. Between two books. Yeah. That's, well, I had to read for a um, book club, and I had basically read like 50 pages of that book before the readathon started, <laughs> and I had to read the entire book by a book club meeting the next day, so mm, mm-hmm. I put on a lot of pages. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's great. I mean, even if you were the only person, you still read a lot, so That's yeah, great. That was the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> and a good experience we had was Kim, who started a bunch of new books that she wouldn't have started, which is great, because... Sometimes I motivates you. Snaps for Kim! Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> yep. Sometimes it, like, you need a goal or something to motivate you to start something. So that's great. Yay! It's true. I'm glad. Um, anybody else have any other good experiences for the readathon?
0: Uh, my good experience was I actually did finish that book in time for my book club meeting, and it was super fresh in my mind. So it was a lot of fun sharing that. <laughs> Yay! That's I good. just
1: enjoyed the check-in process.
0: And... Yeah. Um,
1: Megan and I included a book that we've been reading for quite some time. Um, And it it was funny because we were both reading it and then we were talking about the chapter that had posted. And and she was like, does this count? And I'm like, it should count. It gets published. It's like a book. She's just like, I'm counting it. We're reading it in tandem. We're doing this. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) So it's exciting to like something I wouldn't, I would normally do anyway, got, it was just really cool. Got counted. That was fun. Yeah. I mean,
2: I didn't get to participate, um, cause I had my in-laws in town then. Um, so the only reading I really got done was reading a story to Emily <laughs> the night before and, you know, reading for 30 minutes before I went to bed. Um, but I always love the check-ins, um, just Seeing what everybody says. Like I those are so fun. I I enjoy them. And I really liked just keeping track and seeing like you know, somebody saying, Hey, I scored, you know, I completed this challenge, so I got two points. Like that was a little fun too.
1: My favorite check-in was give a fan fiction title to the book you are currently reading.
0: I was like, that is creative.
1: (laughs) That was so creative. I think mine was terrible, but hey, I think that's actually in line. Fan fiction titles. Yep, are typically terrible so, <laughs> Yep, that's so true. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. but I really enjoyed reading others and and, and coming up with my own. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that was a f- favorite from last time. We had to keep that one around. Um, yep. Yeah, it's fun to see all the check-ins, and I love doing like the creative ones where you have to like retitle a book or mm-hmm. I like the tweet.
1: Yeah, tweet, come up.
0: A tweet come a, up with a Twitter, yeah. Summary, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love those. I love seeing what people say, and I mean. You know, it's one of the reasons why I like also when people check in on our Goodreads page um, to like say what they're currently reading and to talk about it a little bit because it's so much fun to hear what people are reading and what they're thinking and what's, you know, helping them get through a book and what they're finding interesting.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, anyways, yay! So, the second readathon has been a success. And Woo-hoo! Hopefully and if,
0: more to come. <laughs> yeah, if everybody keeps liking it, I'll keep doing it every f- few months. So yeah. I think the next one, we we try and do it like semi-annually, so the next yes. one would then be uh, December. Yes. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe like
2: in between the holidays or just before the holidays begin.
0: Yeah, that's when we did it last time. I think we did it yeah. right before um, the Christmas holiday. I think so. Yeah, yeah. so... Somewhere around then. We'll take a <laughs> vote. People can help me pick a day. Yeah. yeah. So. It's, it's too much
2: responsibility for me. <laughs> <Every> <laughs> you have help, Jeanette. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Uh, so before we get into our main read, um, let's
0: talk about reading peer pressure, guys, because this is a real thing, and I think we should <laughs> discuss it. <laughs> it is right. such a real thing. I decided to do research about this, and I actually could not find any articles to go with this, which mm-hmm. I think is crazy because it's such a real thing. Yes,
2: and it's, it's very definitely a real thing. <laughs> um, so reading peer pressure, when you're forced to read books you don't really want to read. Yep. I know this has happened to all of us.
1: <laughs> yes. it happened to me three days ago <laughs> <laughs> It happened so
2: recently which is why we brought it up yeah so um you guys have the same book
0: well no um, well, we don't no. sort no. of no this is a so well, i guess
2: it's different-ish.
0: <laughs> the different ish well here's the, the story of how this happened <laughs> okay so yeah there's a story to go with this yay um, so when erin picked annihilation for us to read this month she described it as like this horror sci fi. And I hadn't heard that much about the book. I'd been told to read it, so I added it to my to read list. I've been told it's kind of like, it's kind of weird and sci fi, and I would like it. That was basically all I was told. And I'm like, oh, okay, I like weird sci fi. So I added it to my to read list. And then Erin says, this is horror sci fi. And I'm like, I don't do horror. I can't read this <laughs> book. But it's too late. Everybody's like, yeah, well, let's read this book. And I'm like, All right. Well, it's on my to read list. Sure, I'll read it.
1: Plus, this is the eclectic readers, right?
0: Exactly. We read everything. So, um, so you know, I read it, and actually, we'll get into it. But I did like it. But then we're talking about it. Oh yeah, we're
1: talking about it. uh, We're talking about it on
0: Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) And And we're and. You know, surprisingly, I liked it. And somebody goes, "Hey, who's going to read the rest of this, the trilogy?" And <laughs> guess what happened to Tara?
1: <laughs> because happened, I had Tara? said earlier in the discussion, I was like, you know, it was fine. I just don't think I'm. I need to go on. You know, like I don't. I just don't think I need to read the reach of this, the the rest of the Southern Reach trilogy. It's not that the book was terrible. It's just I just don't want to. I just don't feel the need. And then everyone on the call was like, "Well, I'm doing it. It's going to happen." And I'm like well fine 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 then fine i guess guess fear you're missing out on books i don't know i guess i'm in i'm doing it fine i'll read it
0: and you <laughs> could just <laughs> see you could just see the defeat on tara's face like ah oh, fine <laughs> i'll do this don't
2: submit to the peer pressure don't succumb to it <laughs> do what read whatever you want tara
1: oh thanks susan i appreciate your support <laughs>
0: Be oh, your look. own book person. It's so funny because I like I've experienced this a number of times, but it was the first time I'd like actually watched it and recognized it in somebody else. I was like, "Oh, Tara's going through this right now." Uh, oh my god. What about you, Susan? You ever
2: experienced this? Yes, many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have. I have two examples, um, and because I, I just thought of one. But the first one was because it was a book club book. It was called Life After Life. It was really long, and I had just no interest in reading it. But I was like, I'll read anything once. And, you know, I read it. I really don't want to read it. And when I read through it, I was like, I wish I didn't read this. Because <laughs> it's kind of uh, dumb. <laughs> uh. um, yeah, it's called Life After Life. Um, it was basically a whole time travel, big spoiler that I really shouldn't say type of thing. it was just it was weird and
1: wait is it is the spoiler that it has time travel in it no okay i'm like i'm like did did, did you did you mess up actually no (laughs) the time travel part
2: isn't the the spoiler so
1: (laughs) it tells you something um
2: so, you know, that's kind of a peer pressure because I could have just said, no, I don't read a readout. I'll just skip this book club. But no, I was like, I should be part of this book club. So but we
1: don't <laughs> skip book club books. That's so hard. I mean, feeling peer pressure about book club, that's fine. I mean, but like, I think this is the first time I've legitimately succumbed to reading a book off a of book club, off book club books where like, I definitely did not want to read it. It's like, mm-hmm. I never read Twilight and right. I won't read Twilight and i'm just like nope i don't care how many people say it's better than the movies i don't care i don't care sparkly vampires are not my thing and that's yeah. just that's just me i ain't going to do it True. um but yeah what's yeah. what's your other example oh. then if not if it's not a book club book it is
2: it's 50 shades which is the popular <laughs> book that everyone's reading wait <laughs> 50
1: shades 50 shades of gray
2: yeah 50 shades of gray
1: and you know, there've been was, a bunch of mock books
2: it was so awful, but I was like, I need to like give. I need to give like a reason why I I don't want to be like, oh, I hate this book. Turn my nose up, you know. I just want to be like, I want to be like that person that read it and can just say, this is exactly why I hated it. <laughs> and there's just so many reasons why I hated it. I
1: think I think I've told our listeners before. If you want smut, I can send you free smut. That's better than this. I swear. Yeah. To you. Just let yeah. me know, and I'll just you have
0: said that before. Just send it to you.
1: It'll be fun. And it doesn't
0: sound any less hilarious you saying it now than when you said it last time. Just so yeah. You know. Man,
1: it happens. We're on the internet. We all know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it was just because I was just I was genuinely curious. It was like um when oh god, what was that movie? The interview came out, right? That's the interview where the two guys go to North Korea? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. This is like, you know, hey, everybody's like you have to watch this. Everybody just succumbs to it because it's like everybody else is watching it, so I have to see what the hubbub is about. And this is basically Like, I didn't buy it, so I didn't really feel that guilty, you know. I wasn't like I wasted ten dollars or whatever it would have cost to read it, so there's that. I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like money was wasted, yeah. Like, that's the legit peer pressure thing, like, hey, everybody else is doing this thing, I should see what it's about. (laughs) It's like I could have just stayed away. (laughs) I understand you, Susan. Yeah, I understand you. So it was it was was only a couple hours I wasted, I guess. (laughs) Because, I I mean, I didn't really, like, read it, read it. I sped read it, so... Mm -hmm. (laughs) There you go. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, see, for me, it was, like... I read Twilight because a lot of people I knew were reading it, including you, Susan. You were the one who told me about it. Yeah. Uh, And I did read it because a lot... Like, everybody was reading it at the time. And it was a fun, you know... I think it was a fun, like, long weekend that I spent reading it. Mm -hmm. But then, like, when... I heard that they were making like Fifty Shades, and it was like based off Twilight or whatever. I was like, eh, you know, it wasn't so well written that I got to read this again. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a fun weekend read.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm that's done now. The
0: thing, it's
2: like I think the movies totally ruined it because the fandom just got really out of control. Okay, super guys. And out of <laughs> it's like I just I like this. It's so fun, guys. That's it's what it is. It's just fun, uh, you know.
1: Okay, okay. I love you. I love this conversation. I love everything about you. But let's not get into a Twilight versus not Twilight fan conversation. (laughs) We can have a whole other conversation about that. We could just have a
2: conversation on fandom in general.
1: Definitely, we should. We
0: should. (laughs) We'll do that. But yeah, I I think it's interesting when peer pressure like builds up to that extent because that's Mm -hmm. how I felt the peer pressure around Fifty Shades was building up too.
1: I I agree with that. I feel like everyone read it and I didn't, but I feel like everyone read it and, um, yeah. And, and and yeah, like people are like, you, you have to read this. I'm like, I read like a chapter. I don't think I need to (laughs) now. Thanks.
0: Yeah, no, I was really good without it. So there's sometimes
1: when I don't succumb,
0: it's harder (laughs) when it's in a book club. Like there was one book I was reading for my other book club where I was like a couple of chapters into it. I'm like, I can't do this guys but everybody else is going to do it. (laughs) I have to finish this book. I've
1: had that happen. I think we've all had that experience. Well, talking about one of the books we were peer pressured in, um, Jeanette it's (laughs) time for us, I think, to talk about our main read, Um, which, as we said before, this week, or month, See, look, Jeanette, you started a thing, and now <laughs> and now I'm continuing it. Um, ha this ha, my insanity's spreading. <laughs> this month's pick was Annihilation, um, which is book one of the Southern Reach trilogy. So if you are a series addict, um, which I think a lot of us are now, uh, this is a good book to consider. Uh, So the Southern Reach trilogy in Book 1 follows a team of four ladies, a biologist, an anthropologist, a psychologist, and a surveyor, who set out into an area known as Area X. (laughs) This area is abandoned and cut off from the rest of civilization. They are the 12th expedition into Area X, and the other expeditions have all been fraught with disappearances, suicides, aggressive cancers, and mental trauma. So it's about how these four women deal with area X. Um, the novel actually won the 2014 Nebula award for best novel. Um, and the 2014 Shirley Jackson award for best novel. So, I mean, and they're making it into movie because of course they are. Um, Because everybody looks to us to figure out what to make into movies. (laughs) Clearly, clearly. Um, so, guys, what was one thing that stood out to you in this book? Um,
2: can I just put in here, just before I say what stood out to me, when you said Area X, Tara, I, all I could think, the way you said it, all I could think was the Powerpuff Girls in the intro.
1: Oh! <laughs> Chemical X. <laughs> all I could think. I, I'm taking that as a compliment. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you. Well,
2: anyways, um... The one thing that really stood out to me in this book was just how, like, I, how ambiguous this whole book was. (laughs) Um, You know, it's just, it was um, just the way the biologist, I mean, you felt what the biologist was feeling. Like, I don't know what's going on. This is happening. And, like, you really, you really felt it, um, even though it was a journal style writing. Like, I found it really fascinating. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Jeanette?
0: Um I would say that what stood out to me about this book um besides like the interesting writing because it was interesting to see it from the that kind of scientific perspective like it really made the biologist stand apart from what was happening but what stood out to me was how it was actually not a horror nor- novel. It was more creepy. It reminded me a lot of the movie Alien, where mm. like everything's moving along, you know terrible things are coming, and it's more suspenseful and like kind of eerie than it is actually frightening.
1: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like uh, When Aaron first dis- said that this was sci-fi horror, I was like, is it, though? Because I'd already read it. And I'm like, is it? I don't maybe sci-fi suspense novel. <laughs> I don't, um, no, but I, I totally see where you're coming from. Um, we mentioned, or Susan, you mentioned that you thought the language was really interesting. The language in the book um, is told for the narration of the biologist. And the biologist talks very clinically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, What did you think of the biologist does, the narrator, and did the language in that sort of Separation like Jeanette was talking about. Did that work for you? For this book, it definitely worked. Um,
2: Because she is a biologist, and one of her things is to observe and study what, you know, on their track of what's going on. And she did like exactly that. Like she did what she was sent out to do perfectly. Um, Because sometimes I feel like when people write in first person journal slash diary style, I feel like they put in information that they really wouldn't have known. Right. You know, or they over embellish. Um, and the biologist didn't, which I kind of appreciate. She's like, this is what happened and this is where it went. And then this is how I felt about the situation. You know, like it was, it was really good.
0: And that like, is very believable. Yeah, I would agree. I, you know, I think it's the language does a good job of not just presenting the situation realistically, like this is how a biologist would see these things. But also I think it did a good job of like explaining who she was as a person, because clearly like from the things she describes about her relationship with her husband and her relationship with the people around her, like she's not like a warm, cuddly kind of person anyways. Truth. She's yep. in general kind of cold. She's kind of standoffish. She keeps to herself very introverted and I think her notes, when it they have that kind of clinical look to everything, like when she's describing um, some of the organisms she's seeing, like I think that kind of helps describe who she is as a person, because she's describing, like, yes, there was this, and it was green, and there was that, and it was gold, and this was slightly moving. And she's describing it, and these are strange things she's seeing. And a lot of people would be like, oh, my gosh, this was weird. <laughs> and she's very detached.
1: I, I mean, I do think she cares, though. Like, when oh, her yeah. teammates go missing, she is... She cares that they went missing, you know? Um, and, you know, I her, the relationship between her and her husband... Um, is actually pretty much the driving force of this novel, right? Like she volunteers for this expedition because in the past he was in an expedition to Area X, right.
0: and then he, he was eleventh
1: expedition, eleventh expedition, and he came back completely changed, completely altered, not like at all the person she recognized. Um, and then he he passes. Um, does he commit suicide? No, no. I believe he was part of the cancer group the Mm -hmm. cancer group okay yeah um but then he he passes and that drives her to join the next expedition for area x um what do you let's talk about that like the relationship between the biologist and the husband really evolves over time in this book you know it starts off cold and clinical like the rest of it and then as we learn more about his time at area x it sort of evolves what did what did you think about that relationship
0: I found that really interesting. I mean, for me, that is one of the most interesting parts of the novel is how her relationship with the strange things that are happening in Area X is reflective of and how it helps her perspective shift on her relationship with her husband.
1: It's almost like a foil. Like, as we understand more about the biology in Area X and what's happening to people around her, we understand more and more about their relationship and right. And she
0: understands more about the relationship. exactly, Which is super, super interesting, because you can see her changing her perspective on the on the relationship, which I thought was really great. And like you said, it wasn't that she didn't care about her husband. Like, she talks about, like, you know, this was good and this was that, but he never understood this about me. And then as she comes to understand the area, she's like... I never understood this about him, but now I do.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I found that so fascinating. It was really fascinating.
0: Uh, Susan, what did you think?
2: Uh, Same thing that you guys were thinking. Um, At first it was like, oh, so, you know, she, the fact that she was like, he was making fun of me at the beginning of the relationship. And then when she's on our expedition, she's like, oh, he was just teasing me. Yes. But he was also wanting more from me that I didn't realize I needed to give. Um, Because at first she was really hurt and like, why is he teasing me like this? This isn't working out. Like, I was really afraid she was going to mention how they like were going to be separated. Um, But instead they, you know, they were kind of on tense terms when he left. And then when he came back, she was like, something changed with him. And then she's like, oh, then she comes to these realizations, kind of the like, you don't really realize what you lost until it's gone, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. And so I, you feel the kind of regret later on. Um, she's like, oh, so this this is what was really going on. I now understand. I kind of feel, felt bad for her on that part.
0: Mm. Yeah, it was sad. And, I mean, what was interesting was, I mean, Tara, you made a joke about, like, introverts and extroverts earlier, but it was this kind of misunderstanding between the introvert and the extrovert, and she was like, oh, I never thought he needed these things or that he cared about yep. these things the way I did, but I, when he said this or when he wanted that, he was reaching out because he needed this, and I didn't think he needed these things the way I did. Oh, and it's, yeah. it was a real, really great way to like look at you know communication between people, as well as like it, that kind of sense of understanding and discovery.
1: Yeah, and, and where communication fails, you know, and right. the blind spots you have.
0: Right. Well, especially when you don't communicate, because she, you know, said, I kind of stopped trying because he wouldn't have understood these things that I wanted or I needed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you stop trying to communicate, you miss
1: all these things. True. True. So um, the way... The book, uh, not just the way the book is narrated by the biologist, which is very interesting and clinical at first, and we've talked about that, um, but the way that information is disseminated in this book, like the the, the pacing of how the mystery happens in Annihilation, is really interesting. Um, it's dropped almost like breadcrumbs along a trail, you know, like like Hansel and Gretel. Um, what did you think? Did were you? happy with the way information was disseminated in this book Um, do you wish that you'd gotten more exciting things up front Um, yeah just, just what were your thoughts on that
2: I just wish the crumbs were a little bigger. <laughs> so many questions and only a few yeah. got answered at the end. I was like, Oh so man, <laughs> I want more. And I was like, now I have to read the books. Of course. <laughs> well, fine then Susan, dream. I'll
1: read them. I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't you want to know more? <laughs> like no. how, how this, how the expedition came to be. like, I know that she talks about it a little bit, um, but like, you know, how on earth did they come to this conclusion that they thought that this was the best way to explore Area X? And then, like, you know, what else did they figure out from the tower or, you know, what else did they find out about the crawler and what really happened to the lighthouse man? And it's like, what, what happened? <laughs> How? I don't understand. Look at all the journals. Like, just give me those
1: journals. <laughs> You're like, I-, I don't need a book. I just need that. I'll do my own research. Exactly. It'll be fine.
2: <laughs> fine. I'll do it myself.
0: <laughs> a box of journals shows up at Susan's store. Yeah. All right. This is all I wanted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that also that reminds me of lost when the had they have the composition books all rolled up and they're like people they're supposed to send it up to like some unknown place and they find a huge stack of it in the middle of nowhere. Right.
1: Well, people talk about that, that this is very much lost, you know, in, in some way, shape, or form the way that questions don't get answered the way that breadcrumbs lead you to more breadcrumbs. And you're like, wait, oh God, but yes. where's the house? <laughs> where's the house people? Um, it, it, that, you know, in some ways, and this is why maybe I'm not super excited to read it. People say that the first book is the best book, um, and that and that doesn't mean the other two are bad. It just means I feel like I'm going to leave it being like, well, I still have six thousand questions, just like I left Lost.
2: <laughs> uh, I see your point. <laughs> Looking we'll at see. you,
1: Abrams. <laughs> Look at you, buddy. Thanks. What about you, Ned?
0: See, I liked I liked the way that information was disseminated in the book because I really thought again, I really thought I was going into like a really scary experience. and this is not I mean, I love sci-fi. We all know I love sci-fi, but this is not my usual genre of sci-fi. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: everything being like slow and creepy and you know confusing, like it was just it was felt like I was being like led on a trail and I was like, okay. Okay, and just when I thought, okay, I'm going to put this down for tonight, then something would drop. I'd be like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. I'll keep going for a few pages. So I ended up going through this book actually really quickly. I mean, it's not a long read anyway. No. But because because the book kept kind of dropping those hints just when I needed them, I was like, all right, I'll keep going. Yeah, Because I I, felt kind of pulled along by that.
1: I I agree with you. I liked – I liked – the amount and timing of the information. I thought it was enough to keep me interested and keep me being like, oh, okay, all right. I, I see where this is going, I think. Um, a lot like Lost.
0: <laughs> well, I think, you know, looking at it too, I knew going into this book that it was the first of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. And having been told that it was really, really weird and I needed to read the series as a whole when I was first told about this book, I think I recognized that this was basically going to be a setup book and that not everything would be addressed in this book. So looking back on it now, I probably was a little bit more comfortable with that idea going into it than I might have been if I had just picked this book up off a
1: shelf and been like, oh, I'll try this. Fair. That's fair. So, you know, we've mentioned it a couple of times. We've um, said it, but like really... I feel, and whatever, I know Jeanette, you're gonna say this is a cliche, but I really feel that Area X, especially in this book, is almost a character of its own. Or I'm just gonna say is a character of its own. And Jeanette hates that cliche, but this is true for this book. I swear I hate it most is- c-
0: book cliches, to be fair. So it's not
1: just this one. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the setting of Area X? Like um specifically sort of the Biology that's in area X did it make you think of anything? Um, Yeah, just what did y'all think? Um, I
2: agree with you, Tara. That it is a character in and of itself. There's so many things going on in it um, that needs to be discovered. But you know, the biologist only comes across it at certain points. Like the area kind of wants you to see what's going on here, but only sort of. You know, like the the only until it kills you. Yeah. (laughs) The, the moaning off in the distance when they first start right. their expedition, you know, and the reveal of the the writing in the tower. Um, so yeah I, I really agree with you that it's a character in and of itself. Um, I think the X is super creepy. And <laughs> it's a place that even though I love hiking, I will probably not go hiking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I I, I, I don't know what else would be going into it that does like my whole thing is like what what exactly is going on here i'm not quite sure like yeah. i still had a difficult grasp grasping that so but yes yeah, very creepy
0: <laughs> definitely creepy mm-hmm. um I will say that even though I hate the cliché, that this is one time where it definitely applies, that the setting <laughs> is very much a character, because the setting is so very clearly
1: alive. alive. Like, yeah. there's
0: so much happening. But I will say this also, uh, that Susan may have already hiked in Area X and not realized it, <laughs> because the second I started reading this book, I was picturing Florida. Absolutely. Funny I mean, pi- you say that. <laughs> I was picturing like kind of like evergladesy kinds of settings, you know, with swamps. Marshy and Marshes, lots of ferns,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah. The I,
0: the author lives in Florida. Exactly. I know. And so that was yeah. what was really funny because this is what I was picturing immediately. And then I looked and I was like, Oh, this author lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. This is probably intentional. Yeah, and he's and like I, hiked everywhere in Florida apparently. Like he's done a lot of hiking in Florida. Right, so this is probably you know based on Florida landscape anyway. So,
1: so basically, <laughs> what we're saying is never visit Florida. <laughs> Just well, don't go hiking. I'm glad i Everglades. <laughs> uh, you should not hike in the Everglades. That
0: is what dangerous. I, <laughs> what I'm really saying is let's all keep a really close eye on Susan because we know she loves hiking and she's lived in Florida. Just uh, saying. Well, I mean, Are you I've feeling been- a brightening, Susan?
2: Well, the sun is really bright here
0: (laughs) in Colorado. (laughs) Did you move to Colorado the same person as when you moved to Florida?
2: (laughs) No, I created two beings.
1: (laughs) She's Area X, people. I'm propagating.
2: (laughs) I already have spores out into the world.
1: (laughs) See? (laughs) So we've already agreed that Area X is alive and Area X is Susan. And she's spreading. And she's (laughs) spreading. Listen,
2: Um, guys, I wasn't the only one who's gone questing over in Florida. Okay, uh, (laughs) you've come along too.
0: Okay,
1: yes, yes, we've all done it. We have done it. So, (laughs) what does it want, though? What does Area X want from this? It's so Area X also is expanding, right? It's like forcing its borders, and it keeps moving out. Um, Yeah. What does it want? What is it really?
0: Um. I don't know. <laughs> I feel, this sounds so silly, but it really does seem like something alien.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it, whatever it is, though, it wants to consume. Like it wants to, everything that comes in, it wants to take into itself and change and make it part of itself. And then it wants to expand its borders. Right. So it's, it's definitely expanding. It's definitely consuming.
2: Yeah, I felt like... Um... The whole area was one organism. If you know what I mean, like
1: the yeah, whole... no, I, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, it's like it's, and... like it's oh, it's like a connected being, right?
2: Yes, like it's just one big thing, and everything it consumes, like is those then... trees
1: in Colorado. What are they called? The the uh, cypress tre- cypress trees. Cypress They're all tree. really one big organism, or oh, something. Oh,
2: yeah, I feel like it might be cypress, but I don't know. I am not a botanist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do know what you're saying, and I feel like it is that. And because like it consumes everything in its path, um, it kind of grows from there, you know. And there was the one time where she's um, looking at stuff under the microscope, and she sees human—not DNA, but human particles. What
1: does she call them? Genes? No, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, she only had a microscope. You can't really look at genes under a regular microscope. That's why I'm like, what did she, What did she? Anyway, she saw bits of humans. Cells. <laughs> yes, cells. cells. That's it.
1: She saw human cells. We're all clearly scientists here. <laughs> Nicely done. I
0: was the one who took all the biology classes, and I couldn't even remember cells. <laughs> I'm teaching science next year. People were in trouble.
2: <laughs> um. But, like, I feel like because it has consumed human beings, that's how, like, it spreads. It, like, takes what it consumes and then, you know, grows out from there with all the stuff that it's consumed. So I feel like it's just one big thing. Yeah. Whatever it may be.
1: You know, I kind of thought, and and this is a combination of a few theories, but I kind of thought that, you know, everything seems to stem from the military base in Area X. And I kind of thought like maybe it was a biological weapon. It could be an alien based biological weapon. Ooh, yeah. Totally possible that like the military was creating and that there was sort of a, um, there was sort of a, uh, a, an accident that went wrong. Right. Yes. And so from that point on, from that flashpoint, that from that event horizon, um, the, this being grew and this being recognizes anything that was there. Thirty years ago, which is why you can't bring in anything older than thirty years because it won't work because it will just tear it apart. But anything that is thirty years old, um, you know, it, it recognizes so it's allowed to stay. So those are that that was sort of my theory, and um, that it was a yeah that it was a military. And that's why the Southern Reach, which is a branch of the military, supposedly is involved. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I would so- definitely buy that that it's, it's like some kind of alien-based biological catastrophe. Me too. Yeah. Caused by the military. Caused by the military, yeah. Because everything's, everything's the bad. military's fault. Well, well they've mentioned well. the military base a lot, and mm-hmm. then, you know, the Southern Reach being a governmental organization going into it. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It tracks. Yeah. i buy that. I'm with you.
1: Yes. Yep. One. <laughs> One convert <laughs> to my theory. Um, so talking about the Southern Reach, what what is it? I feel like I say that a lot with this book. What is this thing? <laughs> there are um, a
2: lot of what is this thing.
1: So. But it's true. Like, the Southern Reach is this ominous government figure that watches the borders of Area X and sends hapless people in to die. Yay! Why? Why are they doing that, guys? What do you think?
0: I, I definitely got the impression that the Southern Reach is somehow connected to the military or whatever organization started all of this so i think they're trying to kind of go in there and assess what's happening Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and kind of um see what they what they've left behind because as we know this is not really the 12th expedition even though it's called the 12th expedition like these expeditions have been going on for a very long time which is what we found out from the journals that susan's going to read for us
2: yeah um,
0: Yeah. so i i almost feel like they're trying to kind of assess the 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 progress i guess mm-hmm. of this creature if it's a creature which right. i think we all agree it
1: is yes or something like it yes yeah i'm trying to think of a star trek equivalent to this thing <laughs> um, <clears throat> do we have a living planet on star trek is that does that we happen? definitely
0: do, and I can't think of which series because we're... I'm almost through DS9 and ah! progressively, yeah, progressively over the past two years, I've been rewatching. So this will be I... the third series that I've watched.
1: I am rewatching DS9
0: right now too. I'm on second season. Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're in season seven. We're getting <laughs> close. Yes, check Tuesday night. Um, um, I'm sure they did an episode like
2: that. Where, I mean, like, Kirk
0: has had to at one point, right?
1: It yeah. sounds very TOS. That's who I was thinking. Yeah.
2: But
0: of course, that's the first one I watched, so. Um, I of course.
2: I'm I'm watching it. Enterprise
1: right now. Oh, bless you. And, um, I've yeah. watched that too. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, it's all right. Anyways, I just watched an episode where, like, I don't know if the whole planet is alive, but, like, on it is one big being. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all, like, gooey and white and, like, all tentacular and stuff.
1: Like it's just all one thing. I remember that episode. Yeah,
2: anyway.
1: so um, it's kind of like this. If, if yeah, if that had like ferns on it mm-hmm. and marshlands. Yep. Yeah. Um. So. In, fa- in fact, that's very crawlery Even <laughs> to bring up the crawler, <laughs> um, what do y'all think is going on with the crawler? Brilliant segue. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, what do you think is going on with the crawler? <laughs> Sorry, we we're so captivated
0: yeah. by your talent there. Oh. Um, oh. The, cr- the crawler? I, ah. Susan, you go first. I have to put this into words.
2: So um, I just want to make it get this straight because I was listening to the audiobook, mm-hmm. um, which I need, I need to just stop doing while I'm nursing because apparently that's a bad idea. Um, <laughs> but that's the being... In the tower?
1: That's the being in the tower. That's the being in yeah. the lighthouse. Right. Okay. Okay. Because, um, and that's the, black, the thing that attacks. weird thing. Yeah.
2: Because um, I want to say it's definitely part of the tower specifically, like directly part of it, not, you know, the creature, like assimilating everything.
1: Well, is it?
2: That's what I feel like. I feel is like it
1: because it's... he ha- doesn't the crawler have the lighthouse man's face?
2: I thought the lighthouse man was just trapped somewhere. Trapped inside the crawler. Yeah. In the crawler. But I don't think it. I didn't feel like it was like a part of it. I thought it was just like there.
1: Oh, no. Net. We need a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Way in.
0: Well, I feel like it, the crawler like assimilated the man like it's the man is now part of the crawler. Like, he's using the crawler to kind of, or the crawler is using the lighthouse keeper as a way to, like, reach out or communicate or do whatever that writing is doing.
1: Right. Timekeeping
0: was one of our theories. Like, um, whatever he's doing, like, he's using the lighthouse keeper to do it. Right. So they were two separate beings, but he's definitely assimilated that guy.
1: Hmm. I mean talking about the quotes I think the quote is like maybe the biggest thing the crawler does is he writes that really long quote yeah everywhere and you know it's uh, not to quote it because again I think they'll take up the rest of this podcast but (laughs) um, it's pretty long (laughs) it's very it's very religious it's dark you know what do you think the point of that quote is Um, I feel
2: like because we think it's like one big creature just, you know, going out into the world, like it may be a warning that nobody else sees. (laughs) Well, the explorers. Um, but then I feel like, you know, uh, but we only know about two expeditions, um, And we kind of have an idea of what the other ones went on. It's like, if there are any survivors, do they expect those survivors to tell the other people of the warning?
1: I don't know if it was a warning. So, come with me here. Come with me on this. Do y'all think it's like a creed? Like a purpose statement, almost? For
0: Area X? I don't know about a purpose statement, because there's not exactly a reason listed there. Excuse me. Um, But there's definitely um, there's it's a narration. Like It describes a lot of what's happening in the um, in the story. Like it Mm -hmm. talks a little bit about how like the dead will actually be living and they'll walk and uh, I forget the exact wording. But it talks about how they'll be like resurrected and walk around and they won't be the and they'll be changed, like they won't be the same. Which is exactly what's happening, is that these people wander into area X and they die and sometimes they don't even die in Area X, but they change.
2: Yes.
0: And they go back home or they go out into Area X and become different creatures after they've died. Like the like the husband we find out he never actually left Area X, but somebody came home with his face.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he describes in his journal how he saw all the members of his expedition walking around, even the ones who had died. And the surveyor at one point talks about how she saw the anthropologist after the anthropologist had died. Mm-hmm. Yep. So these these people are dying, but they're not staying dead. They're changing forms in yeah. some way. Mm-hmm. And even the biologist in the book, she sees... Um, she sees a creature with the same face as the linguist from her husband's expedition. Right. As she recognizes from a video.
1: And, and and I, I think it even mentions in there, the brightening, you know, the last line is, and then there shall be a fire that knows the naming of you. And in the presence of the strangling fruit, its dark flame shall acquire every part of you that remains. I mean, doesn't that sound like what's happening to her? Yes, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a narration of
0: what is happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would call it like a purpose yeah. because it doesn't exactly give the reason and you know, she went all the way down and we didn't get a reason.
2: <laughs> so
0: <laughs> it's true.
2: Yeah.
0: Um Which is why I it, think it's more of a warning it's a description.
2: Yeah, than mm-hmm. than anything because it might not be a bad one,
0: but it's like, hey, this is what's happening. So just make a piece. You know what I mean. <laughs> like, or it could be, you know, its own se- kind of documentation. I mean,
2: yeah,
0: we know that the expedition members go in there and document their journey. Maybe this is the creature documenting itself. That could be.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah, that could be. Because he, one of you, our
0: theories, we talked. Well, we talked about like how it could be timekeeping, and how when it gets to the bottom, something's going to happen. So, you know, it could be. It has to document itself, because when it gets to the bottom, this thing happens. Whatever happens,
1: what a, an event occurs. Yeah, an event. Yeah, which might just be our overactive imaginations, <laughs> or Trying maybe and that's plug in holes. Maybe that's when they restart the expeditions. <laughs> they get to the bottom
0: and they start from one again.
1: Maybe. Mm, yeah. I mean, clearly, there's been more than twelve expeditions. Clearly, oh, it's clearly. all a lie. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: could it be like a Matrix
1: thing? You know. Uh, what like there is no there is no yeah like they just world. made it up <laughs> there is no to like area give pe- X. to
2: give people some some people a purpose in their life you know what I mean oh my like, god I mean, we don't know what's going on in the the outside world we only know what's going on right
1: there in area X but it could what's be a like- twist yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: um
1: maybe who knows I honestly leaving this book I was just giant question mark you know I I liked I I liked the, I enjoyed the experience of reading it. But I had so many questions and um, I think I I, 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 and I just didn't connect with the biologist that much because of how cold and clinical she was in the beginning that I just was like, okay, well, I read it. It was fun. I don't know if I need to read the others. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. But it was fun. Like, I I, I thought it was interesting. Um, Overall, guys, how did you like it?
0: Um I did I liked it much more than I was expecting to. I wouldn't say I loved it. I wouldn't say I'd probably go back and reread it a whole lot because it isn't exactly my style. I'm kind of wimpy when it comes to like creepy kind of things, but <laughs> I know, you know, gotta be honest, um, but I would definitely finish the trilogy
2: so yeah. yeah i'm I'm the same with you there. I did like it. I wouldn't say I loved it. Um, but it was really fascinating to read. Um, and it was the, the, the right amount, like the right length. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like super long, you know? <laughs> it was just so drawn
1: out for what it is. Like, I liked it. It is the shortest of the three books, but it was like a really nice, short, yeah. easy oh, yeah, it was, read.
0: It was like the perfect length, because a lot of people I know don't like set-up books. And this is under 200 pages, which I think is like the perfect length if you're going to have a set book.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. because
0: you don't want to drag it out too much, but you've got to get enough information in there to start the ball rolling. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. Oh, guys, there's so many things we didn't get to talk about, but (laughs) I think we need to start wrapping this up. So um, I'm going to announce our next book, and our next book on eclectic readers is going to be The Name of the Wind by Patrick Ruthfuss. And this book got overwhelmingly overwhelming positive yeses from our live group um i think we're all pretty jazzed to read this one i I think everyone's been wrecked at least once in the entire group yep oh yeah it's
0: been on like i've been thinking about reading this book for years and it's one of those books where like it was recommended to me or it's been mentioned in so many different conversations or articles or whatever that I never even bothered to put it on my to read list until like a year ago or so, because I was like, I will get to that book eventually. <laughs> so when it was brought up, I was like, yep.
2: <laughs> yeah. I actually went back cause um, David was asking me when I was, cause he was next to me when I was trying to borrow it from the library. And um, I was like, Oh my God, there's so many people. And he's like, well, stop having your people, you know, picking books that are super recent. And I look for that reason. And I'm like, it's it's not that new, David.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a, a ten year old book. book
2: almost. Yeah. I I only had it on my to read list from last year, you know, which is still kind of a long time to have on a to read list, you know. And I was like, this is a p- fairly old book, and it's still fairly popular. Um, so a lot of people have this had on this to read list for a while now. <laughs> yeah. <Very true. laughs> so it's it's um let's see. Yeah, like, a lot. I had a friend, actually, who read it years and years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I've had friends mm-hmm. read it, and, like I said, I've mm-hmm. seen it referenced places. Right. and exactly. I actually yeah.
1: didn't realize I own a copy of this novel. Did you? So I, I, I didn't buy it. I'm almost positive that someone lent it to me as a wreck at one point, and I just never gave it back. Sorry, this hap- it just happens. You know what happens. And I, yeah, I just never gave it back. So I was like, I bought it on Kindle. I bought it on Audible because it was some crazy deal. And then I was looking at my, I was looking at my library and I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, well, this better be good. I have three copies of this book now. (laughs) You'll have a lot of ways to reread it when you love it. Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I am excited to read this book. I am too. And to find links for this book, and for all of our other books that we've mentioned today, uh, you can go to our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash eclecticreaders slash 18. Oh my gosh, we're nearing 20, guys. That makes me feel so good. Um, Yay. And you can also find us on the internet. Where can people find you, Susan? People can find me on Goodreads
2: under Sue Lyons or on our Goodreads page. Um we're pretty active there. And you can also find me on Twitter at Judy Keichel R U R I underscore K A I C H O U and for fun book links and whatnot, um, you can find me on Google Plus under Susan Lyons. And what about you, Tara?
1: Uh, you can always go ahead and interact with me on our Goodreads page or just by finding me on Goodreads. You can find me uh, from our group page with ec- Eclectic Readers um, or go ahead and tweet me really active on Twitter. We all are. Uh, and my it's just my name, Tara, T-A-R-A-N-E-W-M-A-N.
0: And you can find me also on our Goodreads page or at my personal Goodreads page, which is goodreads.com slash Um and I think we've pretty much established how much we love talking to people about books on Goodreads <laughs> and not just when readathons are going on. So come check us out anytime. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Dr. Jeanette. That's D-R-J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E. Um, we love when you support us. So if you want to check out our Patreon, sunriserobot.net, support, We would really appreciate that, and we'd love you forever, just like we will love Benji Robinson, Carolyn Kraut, and Joan Edwards forever for supporting us on Patreon.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) And subscribe in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. It's a great way to keep track of episodes, guys. I'm not going to lie. I've been really behind on podcasts, and my podcatcher has been so helpful. So check us out on your podcatcher. Uh, If you rate and review us on iTunes, other people can find us too, and then we have more people to talk about books with. So do that. And I think that's it, so let's shelve this until next month.
2: Alright, guys. Bye,
1: guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.